Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rama.org.au forward slash media. We're going to continue with the series that we have, and it is the, if you can put that up there, the upside of down. So that's a kind of a clever thing, the upside of down. And Tony, he was talking about uh, different things that aren't so up, aren't so positive if they go down, like your airplane or uh, whatever, a boat. But there is in the Bible this amazing, fascinating principle. And we're going to look at it a bit closer about the upside of going down. And uh, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter, tells us something about when we're in Christ, when we're born again, the Bible says that we're actually new creatures, a new species, and that everything passed away and everything became new. It didn't just say some things passed away or some things became new. It just, it said everything passed away. Everything became new. Well, it takes a little while for us to get our, our head around what actually happened and started in our heart because the new birth is not just about what church you go to or, or that you go to church. It actually impacts everything from your spirit, your core, all the way out to every facet of your life. So the Bible means what it says when it says everything became new. Well, what are those new things? Because in this world that we are in, uh, the God of this world, there's a way that it works and the way that he works in people that, don't, that aren't a part of the kingdom of God, but it's a way of thinking that's just the way you think. There's a way of doing. It's just the way you do. And so, when all things became new, uh, Jesus redefined uh, the way life can be lived and is to be lived and the, the way God intended for it to be lived. So we're going to look at some of that today. Let's just pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being together in, in this room today, in this house today. We gather around your table and dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We never take it for granted because it's your word that gives us light and helps us to know how we're to think, how we are to live, how we're to respond in life so that we can represent you, be glorious to you, and so that our life can be lived to the fullest in Jesus' precious name. Help us to hear what you have to say today and give us grace to do it in Jesus' precious name. And if you can agree with that, say amen. Praise God. All right. Matthew, the 11th chapter, we won't turn there, but I just want to remind us of a verse of Scripture that may or may not be familiar to you. But Jesus said here in verse 28 of chapter 11, 11, or of Matthew, he said, he said, whoever is 
uh, weak and heavy laden, he said, come to me, and I will give you rest. And then he said this, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly, that's all that we'll look at that, but it said, take my yoke upon you for a Jewish rabbi to take a Jewish rabbi's yoke upon them means to take their way of, of teaching, their, uh, their doctrine, their teachings, take them, apply them, use them. And Jesus said, if you're weak or heavy laden, come to me, take my teachings and learn from me. And so, uh, we're looking at some things today that Jesus wants to teach us. And one of the things that he said then, he went, after he said, learn of me, he said, for I am meek and lowly. I think it is so interesting of all the things that Jesus could have said about himself, he did not say here that I am great and mighty. And he is great and mighty. But what Jesus said when he was defining himself to these people, he said, I am actually meek and lowly. So, and, and it's not false humility. There is a, something particular about humility and meekness that is particular to Christianity of following Jesus Christ. So, that's one of the reasons why we're looking at some of these things in this series. But today we're going to look at two different ways to go up in life, okay? Two different ways to get to your destiny, to reach your star, to be the best you can be. There's two different ways to do it, okay? The first way that we're going to look at is the I will way. I will way. The second way is the, uh, the way that Jesus actually didn't just teach. It was so contrary to human thinking that it couldn't just be taught. It actually had to be demonstrated. And he did demonstrate it. And so the second way that we're going to look at is how Jesus demonstrated how to actually go down so that God can lift you up and he taught this by example so if these guys can help me this is Caden and Cody and I was thinking this I will way has two components of it that actually it's one way up I mean you know it's a, a way your way I, the I will way and there are two different faces of the same way. And so I was thinking over the people in our congregation who had the most similar faces. And what do you reckon? Did I find them? Indeed I did. And I still, sorry guys, I still don't know which one is Caden, and I don't know which one is, okay, he's Caden and he's Cody. Got it. And now I forgot again. Anyway, okay, so. Can you guys help me? And we're going to have you face out first. And so what we want to see, we're seeing them as a unit with two different faces. Let's say then that I, and we're going to, to look at the I will. This is the I will way to my destiny. 
the I will way to, you know, my star, the, the, the unreachable star or whatever, okay? This is the I will way. So let's say I'm wanting to get there, and there is this, this way that I can go. It's the most, it's the most well-trodden way. It's the most well-beaten path, okay? So this first way, I had him wear a dark shirt because he's going to represent the dark side of the I will, all right? This has nothing to do with this fine man, but anyway, because uh, he's a fine guy. But anyway, this is the dark side of the I will. This way, uh, if I'm going to go the I will way, I will do anything to get up. I will lie about myself, I'll lie about you. I'll lie about my coworkers, I'll lie about anything, make myself look better, make other people look worse. I will lie, I will, I'll cheat, I'll steal. Can people look like they succeed? I mean, look like that they're, and we'll, we'll look at this up here as like you reached it. Maybe there are people that you see in life that it looks like, wow, they did it. Look how much they have. Look at, look at everything they've, commune, they, they've accumulated. Wow, look what they have done. How did they get here? Well, there's different ways, or there's these two different ways that you can do. People can actually become very, very successful in life, but by this route of, of cheating and, and pushing other people down so that you can get up, elbowing everybody else out of the way so that you can get up, by the time you do get up here, if you've come this way, you've come this dark way, and by the time I get up here, I may look highly successful, but I have actually diminished who I am. I may have lost my health, I lose my relationship with my kids, my spouse, I may lose my, my mind, my, I betray my friends. And so, yeah, I did it. I rang the bell. But what kind of what kind of quality of life do I have when I stand in my place? All right? So there's the dark side of the I will way to get up. Let's look at the light. Do you see how it's almost the same? Only it's not. Okay, so here is a white shirt guy. The white shirt guy is the nice way of the I will. How does it look? Hard work, slugging it, doing, doing everything. I'm telling you, I go this way. If I'm going to go this way by this I will guy, I, I am going to be stubborn. I'm going to do it my way. And when everything is against me, I'm going to just grip my teeth and I'm going to do it. And maybe I'm not going to steal, and I'm not going to lie, but I, I tell you what, I am going to do it. 
And so by the time I do get up here, and maybe I do get it, I, I achieve something. I, you know, I'm like Rocky in running those steps in Philadelphia. I did it. What happens and what can happen by this white shirt, I will guy in this way is that when you do the work, guess what, guys? You get the credit. We were singing a little bit ago. We were singing, uh, in my life, be, be lifted up. Be in my life, be glorified. For a person who literally and really does do it just their way, because it's my ambition to succeed in life, when they do succeed, um, as far as God is concerned, it's like, mm-hmm, isn't God nice? But I did it. I did it. I've talked to people, thanks, guys. Let's give these guys an amazing hand for being twins and helping us. Thank you. Um, they helped me in the first service, too, and they stayed over to help me in this last one. Um, there is... There is this way of doing it yourself that opens us up for, according to the Bible in Ephesians 2, 9, it opens us up for pride. Our own works that are not for the glory of God or empowered by Him become the thing that actually feeds our pride. Ephesians 2 says, by grace are we saved through faith and that not of ourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should, say that word again, boast, which is another word for, for pride. And so there's some people who do succeed, but what they succeed into is getting into a place of pride. And what does God do with the proud? Because even worship from somebody who is in pride, it's like we're, uh, we're giving God a token of something like, yeah, and you're in there somewhere too. God's in my life because that's the nice thing and everything about me is nice. And so I'm putting God in there. He's in there somewhere. But who really worked is me. I did it. I'm the one that got up. I'm the one that went to work. I'm the one that put in all the hard time. I'm the one that set myself. I, I, okay. So is hard work not involved in the other way? We'll get into that. Yeah, of course it is. But this way of I will, mm, it actually diminishes the person who actually succeeds even that way. Although maybe not uh, just by just appearance, but a person who, when they look at God, look at him more like in the face or kind of down, here's some money, here's some money for you because I'm successful and I kind of give you something off the side. Although words aren't said that way, if there is actually 
if we've actually made our own self, a self-made man, where is God? Well, God is God. But your perception of him is like I didn't really need him. I actually did okay myself. He's kind of just a little additive for the end of the week if I, if I have enough time for it. Okay, do you see that? Now, let me give us a dem demonstration or a, uh, an example from the Bible of an, the first I will person, <laughs> individual or being, and that's in Isaiah the 14th chapter. Go there with me and see if you can spot who this is immediately. How are you fallen from heaven, O sh shining star, son of the morning? Who are we talking about here, guys? Lucifer. We're talking about Lucifer, okay? How are you fallen from heaven, O shining star, son of the morning? You have been thrown down to the earth. You who are, you who destroyed the nations of the world. For you said to yourself, can we say this out loud together? I will ascend to the heaven and set my throne above God's stars. Say it again. I will preside over the mountain of the gods far away in the north. And finally, one more time, I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Now, that was his dream. That was where he wanted to go. He wanted to ascend, all right? He wanted to go up. So he's going there on his own. Instead, look what it says, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to its lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities and had no mercy on his prisoners? So this is talking about, about Lucifer. He endeavored to ascend his throne uh, 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 and on his own will ascend above the throne of God, and he was forever and will forever be cast down. All right? Now we're going to contrast now the second one. The first one is the I will way, and now we're going to look at the second one, and that is what Jesus demonstrated in his life. Remember in Luke, the, the, um, the fourth chapter, when Jesus was in the wilderness, and um, the, Satan was tempting him in the wilderness. And one of the temptations, there were three, one of the temptations was that uh, the, the devil who is the God of this world, he said, if you fall down and worship me, here on this I will side, you see, if you will fall down and worship me, I will give you all the nations of the world. Well, the reason why this was a valid temptation is because Jesus' inheritance is the nations of the world. But it was to come through the plan and the purpose and the, and the destiny from God. When Jesus then turned around to the devil, he said, No, no, as it is written, no one would worship anybody but God. Thou shalt not worship anybody but God. 
and he did not come this I will way. This seemed like a shortcut. It was like the shortest route from where Jesus was to this place of dominion over all the nations. The shortest route. Jesus did not, um, he did not humble himself to that temptation. Whatever you humble yourself to becomes your dictator and your Lord. Aren't you thankful that Jesus didn't go the shortest route to the top? He did not. He said no. But let's look and see what he did do. In Philippians, the second chapter, we get this wonderful portion of Scripture that we quote. And it is that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Don't we like that verse of Scripture? It's a great verse of Scripture. Let's go to the Word, though, because um, it actually, it didn't just float to the Bible. There is actually an order by which that verse of Scripture is in there. In Philippians, the second chapter, in verse 1, in the Message Bible, it says it this way. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, okay, let me just stop right there. Does anyone love, have, has anyone in here gotten something out of the love of Christ in your life? Oh, whoa, and following Christ, yes. If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor, agree with each other, love each other, be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Whoa, is that strong or what? Let's look at this uh, as it continues, this same chapter continues in the Amplified. I'm switching to the Amplified. Let this same attitude, just continues on, let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. Let him be your example in humility, who although being essentially one with God and in the form of God, possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God, which was, is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-everywhere, all he's everywhere at all, the, all time, all of those attributes, the fact that he is the creator of the heaven and earth, all of those attributes, keep looking, it says this, possessing all of those attributes that make God God, he did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant so that he became like men and was born a human being. And after he had appeared in human form, he abased and humbled himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death, even the death of the cross. Now, therefore, can we say that word out loud? One more time. 
because of what we've just read that Jesus did, that he came down, all right? He, and he made himself of no reputation, and he became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, because he stooped so low, God has highly exalted him and has freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee would bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue uh, frankly and openly confess and acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So that's where that verse of Scripture is. It follows the fact that Jesus went down. He humbled himself. He got in a position where the only one who could lift him to this place of ultimate honor, supreme honor, highest name over every name, the only one who could have given him that place would be God. Jesus didn't take shortcut route, but the way that he did it, he came down, he came down and he ministered to people individually, he ministered to groups of people, and finally, in his lowest humility, he ministered to the whole human race. And as a result, God lifted him up when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. God lifted him up. Jesus did not grasp. He was not ambitious. I'm going, I'm going for the throne. I'm going for the highest place in all of the universe. Get out of my way. I'm here to make a name for myself. Jesus didn't make a name for himself. A name was given to him. And the reason it was given to him is because he was not afraid to go down and serve other people. All right? So let's just look at this a little bit further. Jesus, because we're looking, we're learning from Jesus. He said, learn from me. Okay, so we'll learn from him. And Matthew, the fifth chapter, is what is called the um, Sermon on the Mount. There's many things in that chapter, but right towards the end, this is what Jesus is saying. He said, you're familiar with the old law, written law? This is in Matthew 5, 43 in the message. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy? I'm challenging that. Don't you love how Jesus is? He said, so, that's not right. It's not right. He said, I'm telling you to love your enemies. You've got to be kidding. No, he's actually not. These new creatures that we've become, where Jesus is our Lord, and we're a part of the kingdom of God, one of the identifiable characteristics about it is a Christian loves our enemies. We do? Uh-huh. <laughs> say, well, I don't. Okay, well, that's why we're talking about this today. <laughs> because if we're not loving our enemies, it is counter-Christian culture. It is counter-mind of Christ. It is counter, it is against the mind of God. You say, well, 
if I don't hate my enemies, who's going to? <laughs> and, uh, okay, well, let's just keep going. Yeah, he said, I'm challenging that. I tell you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. How? How does that, how? Well, when someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you're working out of your own true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others the way God lives towards you. What is amazing is now, post-cross, because this was pre-cross, post-Christ's cross, it's not just doing this for God, but if we have actually asked Jesus to be the Lord of our life, he doesn't just live in heaven. By his spirit, he lives where? He lives here. So we really literally are able to live this love out of the inside of us. Um, Benny, if you could just pop up for a second and represent um, Jesus. So this is, this is the way. So we had the two little guys up here showing the I am way. Now we're looking at the, the Jesus way. I am wanting, I, I sense a destiny, I, and everybody has one. Everybody has a purpose for their life, Okay. There's a pur purpose and plan for everybody. So I have, if I'm not going to go this way to the I will way, to do it by, by a dark way with cheating and stealing and, and elbowing my way up, and if I'm not going to just do it with just pure grit where I get the glory at the end of my life and I flip God a coin, okay, if I'm, if I'm not going to be that way, but I want to choose Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. And he has a plan for my life. And we, we know, how many of you know that Jesus has a plan for your life? God gave a plan for all of our, okay, so he has a plan for our life. So I say, Jesus, I want to come your way. Often, not often, this is the way. So I take, I take, I take hands with Jesus. So here I am. Where he's going to lead me isn't a direct route to my throne, so to speak. Where Jesus will lead me, oh, only I started leading. You take the lead. Okay, take the lead down. He's going to lead me down. I'm thinking I'm going the wrong way. And so I'm kind of like this. Ha, ha, ha. And so he's pulling me and I'm pulling this way, it can really make a, a, a bit of a crisis in your own soul because he's leading, 
He's leading someplace else. I'm going, my, my plan is that way. And he's leading me to go help Diane. And I'm thinking, well, who's going to go? How am I going to get up there if I'm, waste, if I'm wasting time on Diane? <laughs> Time's a-wasting. I've got to get, I've got to start. And he, he keeps leading. And after that, I think, okay, 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 I'll help Diane. I'll help, I'll help Diane. So I help Diane, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm done with that. Aren't we going now? And he, Reg? And then also Wes and Karen, no. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Benny. So do you see the way, the way up is a little different than we, than just a beeline, ambition to the top. He lets us diligently help people. He lets us diligently do our jobs, be good at our jobs. Yes, enjoy the favor and the promotion and whatever, but it is when we're following him, it's not at the expense of other people and relationships and family family relationships. It's not at the expense. He makes everything. Everything worked together for good. Some people kiss every relationship goodbye for the sake of their dream. And Jesus is like, no, 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 we're not. We're taking time right now today. Going to be praying for somebody. Going to be helping somebody. Going to be encouraging somebody. I'm happy to encourage that person who is so nice to me. She encouraged me yesterday. I'm going to encourage her today. I'm going to be kind to him because he was so nice to me yesterday. He opened the door. I'm going to be really nice to him and show him the love of God. Because he was so nice. Oh, good. How nice you are. But actually, Jesus said, where Christianity shows out is when somebody at work, co-worker, friend, family, somebody that just is awful wants to put you down, comes after you mean. Jesus said, okay, now here we get to be Christian. What you going to do? So let's read another verse of Scripture to help us along this line. Paul was talking here in Romans 12, verse 14. He says, bless those that persecute you. Really? I really, even though it's not written in the Bible, I really believe that is how Paul became Paul after he was Saul. It's because the disciples took Jesus' words here and actually did it. And when Saul was holding the coats and cheering on 
the people who were stoning Stephen in Acts the seventh chapter, the very first martyr of the church, going, yeah, get him, hit him again, harder. He was the first martyr of the church. Instead of the church going, kill him, God, kill him, kill our persecutors. I really believe the disciples took Jesus at his word and started praying for Saul, and Jesus knocked him off his horse. How many of you know some people you'd like God to knock off their horse? <laughs> How does it happen? Well, let's just keep reading. Bless those that persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray for them that God will bless them. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see you're honorable. Now keep going. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God, for the Scripture says, I'll, I, will make, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your enemy is hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on shame on their head. Don't let evil conquer you. But conquer evil by doing good. Now, let's read this in the Amplified. Is it okay if we read the Bible? I know there's a lot of verses of Scripture, but it's okay. It's just so powerful. It's kind of just in our face challenging us, isn't it? Let's read this. It says, our Scripture tells us... Oh, no, let me pick up. Don't hit back. This is Romans 12, verse 17 in the message. Don't hit back. Have you ever literally hit somebody back? I did. My sister slapped me. So what do you do? Slap back. Unless you're a guy, then you might hit. But girls, anyway. So, or maybe not. Maybe it's not divided up like that. But anyway, don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. You may have to have help from God on that. If you're not going to hit back, you may have to ask him what it is that makes him love them. And it could be very well hidden. Are you thinking of someone right now that is a hidden beauty? Yes. So, it says this. Um, if you've got it in you get along with everybody don't insist on getting evil that's not for you to do I'll do the judging says God I'll take care of it okay that's what that's what that early church did where Saul is concerned that turned into Paul yeah God got it God got it God got it how did he get it he turned Saul the one who was murdering and persecuting the church, he turned him into Paul, who read, who wrote a chunk of the, of the New Testament and was willing to be persecuted and actually ended up being a martyr himself. He died for the very gospel that he killed other ones for and persecuted others. What kind of a turnaround is that? 
Okay, so keep going. Our scripture tells us that if you see an enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If he's thirsty, get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Don't let the devil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Let me just say this, because it came up in my heart when I said, sometimes when you do good to people who are doing bad to you, it makes them mad. It makes them mad. Sometimes if you're expecting an immediate change for some, from somebody when you do good to them after they've done bad, you're thinking, I, I thought you were going to hug me. And actually, they, they actually get even more mad. Your goal isn't for them to be your friend. Your goal is for them to be changed by the power of God so that they can be everything that God wants them to be. It's really not all about us. And so when we're serving people, some of the people that God wants you to serve are broken people, are hurting people, are, you know, people that just are in your life. Some of the people that God wants us to serve, listen to this, guys, are our enemies. Why? Because through their persecution of us, things can change so that they can be transformed and be able to get to God's highest plan and destiny for their life. Isn't that wonderful? I'm going to say this one last thing about that, and then we're going to, oh, we're going to pray. Remember when Jesus was beaten um, in, before he went to the cross, and the crown of thorns was put on his head? Every time that he was beaten and, and a whip came on his back, and his skin was broken open, what did he do? Did he lash out with his words and curse him for hurting him? No, he didn't, did he? What, but something did happen. Something did come out of Jesus when he was beaten and his body was broken, what came out of him? I tell you what came out of him. It's blood. Blood came out of him. My brother calls that liquid love. When people, okay, they're not, maybe not hitting you with a whip, but they're hitting on you with words or being mean. When love comes out, what's going to come out? It's cursing and revenge. In this body of Christ, when this body gets hit, we give love. Jesus' whole life was about giving love. But the most perfect giving of his love was when he was beaten. And what came out was blood. You can't defeat love. Cannot. You cannot defeat the blood of Jesus. Cannot. 
the very price to buy the whole human race came out, what, just because Jesus had hearts for everybody? No. It was under persecution. That is when the gold came. And where Christianity is concerned, when there's persecution on a personal level, on a family level, on a, in your business environment, in your whatever environment, and any nation of the world that's getting persecuted right now, Christianity will never go down. It will always ascend. It will get stronger. It will get bolder. It will be more and more definite. It will be exactly, it will be pure. It will do everything that God means for it to do. It will look like Christ. We're not afraid of persecution. Practice in your own life when somebody hurts your feelings. The next time, don't talk back to them. The next time somebody persecutes you, don't talk about them. Let's obey the Bible. Let's take what Jesus said. He's the, he's the captain. He's the head of the church. He defines how Christians look, how we act, how we react. And he said, this is what we do to enemies. We pray for them. Guys, let's, let's, be, uh, let's be targeting some people. Amen. Got some people in mind we could be thinking about? If they even even look at you a little bit crosswise, say, you're an enemy. Okay, you're an enemy. You are so getting prayed for this week. <laughs> I am so blessing you. <laughs> Amen? We can do this. We are Christians. And this is what we do. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's bow our heads. I want to give you an opportunity to pray. Father God, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if there's people who have been hurt, insulted, assaulted, ooh, Mm-hmm. Now I'm just getting a word up in my heart. Because when I said that word assault, not just insult, assault. The pain of that assaulting, the pain of that incident has stuck to your life. And no matter who else is in your life, it seems like the pain of that assault is there. And Jesus wants you to know today that there is a way for you to live far above that assault. Where it affects you no more, it affects no more relationships that you are currently in or any relationship to the future. But it is not by your revenge. It is not by curses falling on the head of that person. For even if curses did fall on the head of that person, you would still 
have the pain of that assault in your life. But there is help from heaven today through the love of God. For the love of God is not weak. It is strong. It is stronger than anything that has ever happened against you. And it's not just able to make you feel better. It is able to literally save your soul. You are totally free from the memory and the impact of assault. Praise the name of the Lord. Can we just, can all of this just lift up our hands and thank God for help and thank you Lord for helping people and helping us in the places where it hurts the worst in Jesus name thank you Father help us to pray for our enemies help us to dispense the love of God to our enemies when we're hurt that we don't lay eyes of anger and revenge upon them that when we're when we're struck that we actually look around and say okay I see who to pray for I who I see who God wants to help in Jesus precious name say this after me father God you are love you live in me Greater are you who lives in me than he who is in this world. I trust that love. I will not fail. Thank you, Jesus. Trust your life to that love. It'll make you just relax and help people from day to day. Reach out to people from day to day. And all the while, you're positioning, you're being positioned for God to raise you to places you could never get on your own. Hallelujah. It glorifies God for you to be glorious. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.